how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. So great to be back with you. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. We are so glad to be back. Uh, as a Indeed. lot of you know, we took uh, a, a little bit more than a month off, kind of a, a brief hiatus after our episode 500. Um, and the reason we did that, in addition just for us to have a break, is we kind of <laughs> wanted to have a little bit of time for sort of a palate cleanser, because as we've alluded to uh we are entering sort of a new era a new chapter of this podcast and that's what today's episode is going to be all about we're just going to be explaining transitioning to that yeah yeah Yeah, so the, the the title of today's episode is prelude to a new era kind of an intermission if you will between eras uh it's so great to be back with you guys one of the things that is going to be different from this point onward is we're going to be releasing our podcast every other week. So if you're listening to this as soon as it comes out, it's Sunday, February 13th. Uh, So that means that you can look forward to the next episode, really the first episode um, in some way. You could consider this maybe episode zero of (laughs) the new era. So uh, definitely look forward to an exciting new episode on the 27th of February. And then uh, every two weeks after that and so we already have the ideas planned out for the the next maybe three or four episodes we're really excited about them we're going to try a lot of new things out there's going to be a lot of different segments and a lot of different formats as you're seeing on this episode title we're no longer numbering the episodes and yeah i mean i think there's a lot of exciting ideas that we have to to kind of change things up and to make things fresh for us and hopefully for you and i'm just really excited about all of it me too man i think that you know, this this type of change has been sort of a long time coming, but I think a podcast like ours, you know, one of the reasons why I think we've been able to be around for as long as we have, you know, 10 years at this point, and mm-hmm. part of the reason why uh, Just we, a couple we actually <laughs> chose this date is this is as close as three um, days after. Get, yeah, February yeah, and, 11th, and what we did, 2012 uh, is when we started. On Twitter is you may have noticed on the tenth of February we may have dropped a little a little hint or something. So yeah, this is three days after the technical ten anniversary of the first episode releasing. But what I wanted to say was that one of the reasons that I think our podcast has been able to sustain for as long as it has is I think we've been able to develop a certain routine that's allowed us to work oh, yeah. very quickly and get things done every week. We have a, a specific format to our show. and We fell into a rhythm. Yeah, and what we're both excited to try is expanding what our podcast can be. Now, to anyone who has really enjoyed this podcast up until this point, we don't want to get rid of any of the elements of our show that have been enjoyable. So don't right. think that, you know, this means that it's going to completely change into a different kind of show it just it's not going to be about wrestling (laughs) it's more addition than subtraction yes we will be doing um episodes every other week instead of every week but that will be because we're going to use that extra time to make the episodes hopefully better and full of um extra kinds of content that we wouldn't have been able to do in our typical weekly format at least without you know hiring a staff of other people um and our plan is still to do this mostly ourselves but now to incorporate um many of our friends who are also podcasters content creators some of our Mm -hmm. fans and friends on discord who are 
also podcasters and content creators in their own right. So we have an entire community of resources that we're planning on uh, drawing from in this sort of next era. And so um, hopefully, you know, we're going to talk about that a lot today, but I think it's also something that will explain itself over the course of time. I think in a month from now, after you've heard a few of our um, episodes in this new iteration, I think you guys will have a clearer sense of what we're talking about. And the other great thing is, you know, we we have specific ideas in mind, but it's not like we. I think it's, it's also like going to be created a season too. of a TV show that's already yeah. finished. So we we're can excited respond to respond to, to you guys as yeah, well. Comments and feedback from our listeners. One thing that I think would be exciting to announce uh, to get you guys excited for the next episode is we're just going to we're not going to say exactly what it is but it's something called series spotlight so we're going to do an episode spotlighting on an entire series uh, of video games and video game music so i wonder what series that will be look forward to that in a couple weeks there's a couple things we're going to do today i think it might be a little on the shorter side of things but it's going to be a nice time one thing you guys may have noticed maybe you didn't and all the hustle and bustle and busyness the past couple weeks few months we did not have time to do a Greatest Hits 2021 episode. So because of that, what we're going to do today is we're still going to celebrate uh, the best music we played on the podcast for the first time in 2021 in a Greatest Hits montage. Uh, I put it together. It's about six minutes. And so instead of having a full hour dedicated, it's just a six-minute montage uh, announcing and then playing snippets of all the best tracks uh, that we've played other than the track of the year. So after that montage, we'll actually talk about and listen and discuss the track of the year. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, what else are we doing today? We, I also thought it'd be fun for both Will and myself to bring in one track that we found or we discovered that we really liked uh, from a game put out in 2021. So that's going to be fun. And there's another exciting track we're going to be talking about and playing too. So I think it's going to be a good time today. Yeah, today will be a a shorter episode, and really the purpose of today was mostly just to announce that we're returning and to (laughs) talk about this new format. So this is going to be a much shorter episode than uh, our, our typical style, and another reason for that is because that's something that Uh, we do want to talk about as well for this new chapter of our podcast is that we're really interested in exploring a non-uniform format, meaning that some weeks we'll have episodes similar to our current length, potentially even longer than, you know, an hour or an hour and a half. And sometimes we'll have episodes that are very brief. Um, And I think that's that really excites us, the idea that episodes are unique in and of themselves and don't all follow some specific formula or structure um, in that uh, it gives us the freedom to experiment and try new things. For those who've been listening for a long time, you probably remember that it's been kind of a tradition of ours that, um, you know, we've divided up every 25 episodes we consider that a season of our podcast and usually we like to begin a season 
with sort of a higher concept episode idea. And those have always been really fun for Carl and I to try to explore a slightly different format of creating a podcast. We've on some of those episodes, we've edited in a different way or even scripted out content and those kinds of ideas, maybe not specifically exactly like that, but the spirit of something like that is definitely um, what has inspired us to kind of uh, explore bringing our podcast into the yeah, next era. It's so true. Uh, I'm really excited about the things we're doing today. Um, I have a really awesome track later on. We each brought in a track that the other hasn't heard. So that's going to be fun. Little mini show and tell. I think the first thing on the docket today is this greatest hits montage. We're going to present the montage and then after that, uh, the number one track of the year, the track of the year, uh, we're, we're going to separately play and talk about. All right, so we played so much outstanding music the past year on our podcast. Some of it came to our attention from you listeners. Some of it we discovered. It's just crazy. Every single time that I go through a year <laughs> of the best music, a lot of times it's it's track of the weeks of different episodes, mm-hmm. uh, and listen to it again, it just always blows me away. It seems like every time I do this, like, oh, maybe this was the best year of music. Uh, so yeah, this is about a six-minute montage. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's explore, go back through memory lane of the past year of the podcast, the best music we played on the Super Mercado Brothers video game music podcast, starting off with... The Delmasca Ester Sand from Final Fantasy XII. Ronald's theme from Pokemon Trading Card Game 2. Astro March by Dave Valentine. Nagisa no Tyrant Same Kichi from Princess Connect. Opening from True Golf Classics, Why Lie Country Club. Vampire Killer by Yama Yama. Raven's theme from Gravity Rush 2. Counterattack from Heart Heat Girls. 
title theme from Mario Kart Home Circuit. Scattering Blossoms from Chrono Trigger PS1. Restoring Light Facing the Dark from Ori in the Blind Forest. Toe Jam In by Protodome. Idatin from Shinobi 3. Nina from East 5. Super Santa Kicker by Mr. Minister Master. Second Armageddon from Arcana. Party at the Graveyard from Raise the Dead. And finally, In the Heart of a Rose by Jean-Jacques Perry. that <laughs> it was a great year of VGM on our podcast uh, in 2021. That was so fun to go through that and put that montage together. Will, what was that experience like for you kind of reminiscing and hearing some of those awesome tracks again? Man, it's delightful. I mean, it's we've never done something like this where we jam-packed, you know, our greatest hits of the year in, in six a span minutes. of six minutes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's pretty kind cool. Of, it's uh, it's very um, almost stimulation overload because yeah, particularly some of the things like that Princess Connect stuff is just so 
flooring and it just hits me and gets me so excited but then we leap to some great you know 16-bit snes track that had some really indelible classic melody or a or modern then, then we tune. jump for yeah it's it was just it's a, a great a lot of diversity i think this is a great way to jump start our podcast back into kind of life in this new spirit of things um so i'm yeah. really glad that we did that there's so many tracks there that stand out the other thing that's fun is there are a few things in there that i just i don't recall playing there are a few things <laughs> well, I. Heard some of them are from like, Mercado radios so that makes sense like the chrono trigger ps1 um, track which is so beautiful yeah so guys i know that that was just a very quick montage on our website on this episode post i will put the the tracks the full track list of what you just heard so if you wanted to go back and listen to some of those pieces uh you, you can find all that information on our website all right now it's time to so as great as that was that does not include the number one track of the year uh let's move to that now the track of the year for 2021 on our podcast was Great Battle from Fantasian by Uematsu, submitted by Brandon S. So outstanding job, Brandon, <laughs> submitting this track from a listener show and tell episode. It's just the best thing we've played, hands down. Let's take a listen to Great Battle. Absolutely gorgeous. This is Great Battle from Fantasian, composed by Uematsu, submitted uh, by Brandon from a listener show and tell episode. Just flooring. I mean, the first time we heard it, we were blown away, and we're still blown away by it. The orchestration, the performance, the composition, such great melodies. I love the piano. The piano is so cool. There's a lot of spice and sass to this piece of music, but it doesn't go in the direction um, that some rocking battles go. I mean, it's there's not, like, drum kit, there's not guitar. It, it rocks just with the orchestra. Absolutely, and it feels idiomatic to the orchestra. It's, it's, it's it does. very well composed. It's very thoughtfully composed, um, thoughtfully orchestrated. The thing to me that's so incredible about this is, you know, Nobuo Uematsu is one of the most important names in video games because I think Final Fantasy in and of itself is just such an important series. And when it comes to video game music, it really, I'd say the first six entries, and I'm speaking of the Japanese entries, 
Right. Final Fantasy VII, I think I'd also include in this too, are, are just such a important part of uh, video game music culture and were so influential. The reason I said the first six is because in terms of the influence that I think they had to other composers in the RPG genre. But what's amazing about yeah. him and his development as a composer is I think like any great composer, he has particular periods of his output that to me are very distinct the way he composed for the nes was really different from how he composed on the super nintendo which is very different from what he did in sort of the it, ps1 it seems like a era. composer that was continually evolving and yeah. to this day i mean he's he's always trying out new ideas new sounds and yeah, it's just really, really entertaining to listen well, to. And his what's music. funny to me is I I feel like he's also someone who he's kind of reached his plateau. He's reached this point of greatness where his his contemporary um, output as a composer is almost more direct, more melodically well, hooky so in a traditional confident. sense. And it also it's like so much of what characterizes a lot of Uematsu's early music is his experimentation. His music is often very unorthodox and it'll establish a melodic idea or a rhythmic idea or something that you you would expect to resolve or unfold in a particular way and he'll often surprise you. And I think that's something that to some people, I remember us at first, that that prevented us from really understanding and appreciating his music at first. Um, but what's interesting is like, this is a piece of music that you could have showed me when I was 12 years old before I was interested in Final <laughs> Fantasy music. And I would have loved this. And I think there's something to be said about the universality of the way that I feel like he composes these days. Like this is, this is music with a very clear, direct melody, a very simple, almost song like form. And so what's interesting to me is to me, it's almost like, I think a lot of composers have this kind of arc where when they're young, they sort of, they want to show that they're sophisticated. So they write really complex music to show that, you know, they're not cliche. Well, there's they're not more, like there's other more people. to prove, I think. Yeah, but then sometimes when you reach in a higher age... There's this get, confidence. Well, a confidence, but also this... You don't need to prove yourself, and you become really focused on simplicity, because I think well, it's, it's also, really hard to do simplicity. It's so effective because you're able to use all these tools that you've learned over the years right. of you being a composer. And that's what's so fun is like a piece of music like this, at its core, it has these melodic cells that are so beautiful. You know, the da 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 I da, love da, the trumpet da, section. Da, da, da. Such gorgeous, heartfelt melodic instincts, yet there's all this great action-y, rhythmic, syncopated. It's a track that, it's so and, and I remember when I first heard it, I listened to it like two times in a row, and like it's a track that rewards you multiple listens. So I'm excited now to move to this. We're going to play a track. This is also very fitting for, you know, this new era and this and today on this episode. Uh, at time of recording, this was about a week ago that this game was announced it is a new Yacht Club Games game. It's called Mina the Hollower. And what's more exciting than that is that it's going to be a new Jake Kaufman soundtrack. And so we had to play one track from this uh, because I'm very excited about about this. So what's Jake, what Jake is doing... So this is a game that's kind of a love letter to some Game Boy games. It's kind of a mix between Link's Awakening and... 
and maybe even something like Castlevania. That's a good way to to think about it. And what Jake decided to do for the soundtrack is he wanted a chip that felt somewhat Game Boy, but just to make it straight up Game Boy, I feel like would maybe be too limiting and not as exciting. So what he's doing is he's doing, he's using the MSX SCC Konami expansion chip, which is such a perfect choice because it has wavetable synth. It feels kind of Game Boy, but it's also more expansive and it's a sound similar to VRC6. It's a sound that most people are not super familiar with. So I think it was such a great choice to go for that. Let's play a track. Uh, this was actually one of the little preview tracks that was included on the Kickstarter page. It's called Crypt Interior from Mina the Hollower by Jake Kaufman. <laughs> You guys are listening to Crypt Interior from the upcoming game Mina the Hollower. It's going to be composed by Jake Kaufman. I was so excited to see that. I love the choice of this particular chip. It's going to be a very <laughs> similar to Shovel Knight, very gothic soundtrack, a lot of personality. You can already hear in this though, like he's establishing a, a bit of a new direction. It's like a little bit jazzier. Maybe even his Shovel Knight stuff. Uh, and this is just a little taste, so it'll be really cool to see where he goes from here. Uh, if you haven't seen the announcement trailer, check that out. Again, mostly for, for Jake. I mean, the track that's playing uh, during that trailer is is outstanding. It, it's just a really, really good piece of music. So well, the I can't other funny wait thing for is more of this. This would fit completely in the world of Shovel Knight, like a hundred percent, depending on the context. Like this, yeah. I, this kind of reminds me of some of the the town themes later in the game, or some of the areas where it's not necessarily a lot of the stage music tends to be more action oriented in that game, since it's pretty much just an action platformer. But this definitely sounds like music in the areas where you're, you know, wandering around, talking to people, right. buying things. Um, but I'm really curious to experience this game because it sounds like it's going to be 
in terms of gameplay of a slightly different format than Shovel Knight, which will give Jake, you know, the opportunity to compose more music of, of not a different style necessarily genre-wise musically, but a sty- different style in it's terms different of its energy. function in the game. And also, this chip definitely lends itself to a different vibe. And I think right. when you're working with a different chip, you you can't help but sometimes write for that chip. So I'm really the thing excited that for that. So I love the SCC though, sound. It, it's it just sounds so much like Kaufman, like <laughs> so, the way the way he articulates melodic phrases and then the, there's that sort of counter melody like some of it's like the intervals he uses melodically but also the way when notes are short when they're long when they slur into each other he has a very specific taste for phrasing and i think that's something that um, composers actually can learn really well by composing in trackers because yeah, trackers would force agree. you because I, I think when you're working in a DAW or if you're just playing sounds on a MIDI keyboard let's say often you're you're mostly only concerned with note attack and maybe when you take your finger off the keyboard that's the release but with a tracker you have to be so focused on not just when a note starts but you have to tell it when to end you have to, you have to tell it on how to so end so much and there's yeah there's so many parameters that that aren't chosen for you and so it forces you to be thoughtful about how you want to phrase one things. of the most wild things and a lot of us have done this is if you watch streams of jake working on these trackers it's mind-boggling how fast his brain and his fingers work it's pretty wild so guys now what we're going to do is we're going to move on to a little mini show and tell here each each of us will and myself brought in one track that we found from 2021 uh, another way to kind of celebrate this past year of vgm but this is stuff we haven't played before or shared before so i'm going to go first uh, if you don't mind, Will. And I knew that this was going to be a good change of pace. I just had a feeling that what you would bring in would not be chiptune. <laughs> and I wanted to go with chiptune here. So one of my favorite chiptune composers is Flashy Goodness. Uh-huh. And a few years ago, he released a soundtrack to a game called Rivals of Aether. Now, in late 2020, there was a version of that called Rivals of Aether Definitive Edition. Um, Now, after that came out, there was subsequent DLC packs released. Uh, Some of them were like the the workshop character pack in other DLC. Um, Flashy actually just put out a Bandcamp album as kind of a compilation of some of the DLC music. And this is one of those tracks. It's called Embers of a Burning Dystopia by Flashy Goodness from Rivals of Aether DLC.
what a rocking and energetic chip tune for today's episode. This is by Flashy Goodness as well as Rezo Force, which apparently is this group of chip tuners that all worked with him on this DLC music. It's him and two other chip tune composers, Long Indian and Raphael Gallart, uh, that form Rezo Force. Led by Flashy Goodness, this is Embers of a Burning Dystopia. Will, what do you think? This is delightful. Oh, man, I, I love hearing contemporary chiptunes that really capture the spirit of classic VGM. It's something that... That's my favorite thing about this track. It's something that I think is is so common these days that I think to people just getting into the scene now, they might feel like, well, yeah, that's what the chiptune music is all about. But I think when we were um, starting this show, we had less interest in modern chiptunes because a lot of it bared more similarity to um, EDM. EDM and modern electronic music than it did to actual like video game music compositionally. And I think that change is something that I think is so much for the better because... At least for people like Flashy, I think it's a perfect mix. Like It's right, right. down the center. Like A track like this has plenty of nods to modern uh, electronic production and ideas, but also it's so catchy, melodic. It's just so good. I love well, Flashy. Yeah, and the composition, I think, is like classic VGM. What makes it great is a really poppy central melody and then mm-hmm. harmonic groove approaches that are kind of evocative of elements of pop, funk, jazz fusion, things like that. And so kind of getting all of that eclecticism in this modern chiptune that is pushing the hardware. It is going further than what old VGM was really capable of doing, but it has the spirit of that and it's keeping it alive for another generation. And I think that's why chiptune music will always be around in the same way I think pixel art will always be around. I think someone like Flashy Goodness is the perfect person to carry the torch and to strike the balance that Will was talking about in his music. It's interesting. He's been doing so much music for this game and now these expansions to this game. I'm really looking forward to the next full game and soundtrack that he puts out because he's just so good. I actually, fun fact, reached out to him via email many years ago uh, to try to set up an interview because I just happened to love his music and thought it would be fun to have an interview episode with a chiptune-based composer. And he was too humble. He basically said, oh, I just, it, I really appreciate it, but I I just don't know if I would have much to say, you know, kind of a thing. So a very humble person as well. All right, Will, let's move on to your track. So um, I wanted to play something. You know, you mentioned that I wouldn't pick a chiptune. So I hope to disappoint because this isn't a (laughs) chiptune in the truest sense. Um, But Mm. this is a track from the game Eastward, which was a very popular release of this past year. Um, and what's cool about Eastward is it has a uh, pixel art style, very 16-bit mm-hmm. aesthetic, um, similar to a lot of RPGs of that era. I mean, to me, it reminds me a lot of Earthbound, I guess. Uh, but yeah. yet it has modern lighting effects. And so it isn't exactly a strict pixel art. And so the approach of the music is sort of similarly, I think, the, the composition 
like the uh, flashy goodness track we just played, carries the spirit of classic VGM. And there are definite chip elements in here. But the music also features a lot of more aspects of modern production and modern electronic sounds. I think it's a great mix. This track was composed by Joel Korolitz, who happens to be one of my professors at Columbia College in Chicago. So I thought it would also be fun to play. And at some point, we're going to have to have... uh, Joel on the podcast and talk about some of his music. That would be a good time. Yeah, he's had an incredible year with scoring mm-hmm. Halo Infinite, Eastward, and Solar Ash, which also recently came out, which is a huge, huge soundtrack. Um, because I know a lot of people. Uh, it, I think it definitely what a busy guy <laughs> does a good job of following in the footsteps of uh the work that Disaster Piece did previously in that series. So a track from Eastward, Will brings in today. Heretic Fry Pan. You guys are listening to Heretic Fry Pan, composed by Joel Corlitz from Eastward, and it's such a nice throwback. Like, there's an 80s vibe to the entire track. The chip elements are great, mixed with the other samples and synths. It's such a fun sound, just really entertaining. Uh, I like tracks like this where there's so much to listen for. Yes, there's, there's a great melody uh, when the beat comes in, the drums come in, it's a great groove. But there's a lot of little other twinkles and colors that, again, it rewards you on multiple listens. Yeah, absolutely. I, the whole soundtrack is like that. I, there's a lot yeah. of, um, a lot you of know, goodies. the softer moments do really remind me of the soundtrack to Undertale. And I think there's mm-hmm. probably a lot of intention behind that. I, I'd love to talk to Joel about this, but I imagine... We'll have to do that. The game, I think feels very inspired by Undertale. And I mean, I think it's it's hard to say because Undertale is so clearly inspired by a lot of 16-bit RPGs. And I think Eastward yeah. is as well. Um, but I think particularly there's a lot of tracks that feature that sort of like ambient, soulful JRPG piano. Uh-huh. Um, and Joel executes that so well. And it's that kind of sound where sometimes it feels like it's piano, yet it also has this pitch warbly quality that makes it sound like a synth. And he often incorporates it chip just feels elements 90s. with yeah, more gaming modern production. And I think it fits with the the visual aesthetic of the game, which, like I mentioned, it's like 
you know, faithful pixel art, yet there'll be like modern lighting effects. So if you're by a window, it'll emit this natural sort of glow onto the characters. And a lot more games I've noticed in recent years have been taking that kind of approach where they incorporate. Yeah, didn't that? I felt like that was that ha- that happened a bit in Octopath. Yeah, I, Octopath I feel like I was a very that. similar yeah. kind of thing. And I think that's why, you know, that music wasn't done with 16 bit, you know, SNES samples that uh-huh. they chose to score that with real instruments but keep the spirit of the composition that way and i think yeah we're in sort of an exciting time where i think the early pixel art and chiptune scores were very much about just um the authenticity and capturing exactly what that was but now i think that's been done enough that artists are exploring how can we incorporate that imagery those kinds of images those kinds of sounds but do something new with it and that's an idea that excites both of us it's very close to our hearts and let's hope that we can continue to be a part of that i guess trend uh in in work of our own in the future so guys what we're going to do at the end of the episode we want to give a shout out to a recent project of ours and play out with a track from it but before that i wanted to just give a quick little update uh uh, thanks for everyone's patience. Uh, we we were experiencing for the past like three or so weeks kind of an unprecedented amount of broken links uh, from our, our host, our audio host. It was always something over the years that happened intermittently, usually one, two, three, or four at a time. Um, but it was like 90% of the links for a while. So actually, for a while, me and Joe were kind of going going backwards from 500 and like updating them. But it was interesting. We got we got pretty far, and then I was checking some other ones, and boom, they started working again. So it's just one of those silly things. I will say that we found we found a new way um, of basically a new type of a link format that that's what we're updating. So we're still going to keep going, even though now it's not as urgent. We're going to keep going all the way back, so that this hopefully this problem will never happen again. So thanks for everyone's patience. Uh, on that yeah the other thing that i wanted to say is we really appreciate everyone reaching out and informing us of this problem because it definitely is something that we wouldn't have caught on our own but it's also so many of you took the opportunity to reach out to us about that and also give all these generous you know so many kind words things about our our show and that yeah we appreciate All those emails and comments. Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing uh, we're going to play out with a track from this and we wanted to say because we didn't have a podcast, you know, this past month is we recently put out our soundtrack to Nianru on our Bandcamp page. If you go to supermercadobros.bandcamp.com, you can check it out. A lot of you were very nice to, to support it the other day on a Bandcamp Friday. We really appreciate that. We're really proud of this soundtrack. It's a Genesis-esque soundtrack uh, that is inspired by some of our favorite groovy Genesis scores, but we mixed in some other some other things too that you might not expect for a Genesis soundtrack. We're going to play you out with Stage 2-2, Deep Waters. Anything you want to say about this soundtrack before we play this out, Will? Yeah, the only thing I wanted to mention is that in addition to uh, buying and listening to the soundtrack, you guys should also check out the game because the early access yeah. version is available on Steam. Um, the game is called do that. Neon Ru the Super Cat. And Neon, some of you might know, that's like the Japanese uh, word for the sound that a cat makes. So w- where we would say meow in Japan, they w- they would say Nyan. Uh, it's just I, a lot of different, you know, cultures have their own sounds for different animals and so that's kind of like a lot of people know about neon cat and things like that oh yeah so this is kind of in that 
um, in that it's vein. It's a cute game. And it's a uh, nod to Japanese side-scroller action. It was fun to incorporate a, just a few meows here and there <laughs> on the soundtrack. It's I think a very there were more neons, actually. They, they weren't meows. They were, they were ve- <laughs> di- very distinct neons. Absolutely. Yeah, so thanks everyone for supporting it. And if you haven't checked it out, maybe because uh, you didn't, you weren't aware because we didn't have a bonus episode or anything on it, definitely do so. Head on over to our Bandcamp and um, look forward to some other releases coming, hopefully, you know, maybe sometime this spring or summer from both Will and myself. Will's going to be having um, definitely a Columbia kind of a compilation release. And I'm going to be, I'm working right now on an SNES uh, project. So look forward to, to also, more music from us in I, the coming um, year. I revisited the opera that I composed in 2017 and I've been working mm-hmm. on like a nice soundtrack release version of that. So that's so something look forward to that. I don't too. know when I'm going to publicly make that available, but I, when I do, I definitely want, you know, our, to promote that to our, our video game listeners because absolutely. It, it's so video game music the was music. one of <laughs> yeah my core influences when I was working on it. So, and maybe we even use some of that music in a Mercado project. I don't want to say, but maybe we did. Did we will? I don't think we did. Did I we? We did. I thought we maybe used a melody from it somewhere. Wow, I have no memory of that. (laughs) I think what it was is when I started working on it, some of the melodies I was thinking would be for Hero of Legend, but I ended up using them. Oh, it was like an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah. I don't think I double-dipped, though. (laughs) Enjoy Deep Waters from Neandro. It's so great to be back. We'll be back with you in two weeks for a series spotlight episode. We love you guys so much. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Take care, everybody. Peace out.